The second reading this morning comes from Jonah, and we'll be reading all of chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, Lord, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Here ends the reading. I'll just pray for us. Heavenly Father, from uh, Jonah, we pray that you would remind us to cry to you, to remember your character and goodness, and to commit ourselves to you. Amen. Um, I've been coming to church here since 1978. I think I know most of you. For those who, who don't know, I'm Bob Pickworth. Uh, I really like uh, the um, nature of Jonah's situation because I spend a lot of time on the water. I love being uh, out fishing and on a boat. Um, and a couple of things that are mindful from the book of Jonah is that uh, three things that I, I want us to reflect on. One, Jonah's cry. He cries out to God. Secondly, that he remembers his God. And thirdly, that he commits to his God. So just a bit of a recap on last week, if we could have the next slide up, if that's up there. Yeah. Uh, so Jonah was a prophet. He was a godly man. He was called to do a job. So he would have been used to um, getting jobs that uh, weren't all that favourable. Prophets weren't usually given jobs that were a whole lot of fun. Uh, they were to bring people back to God, to take the word of God uh, where it hadn't been, and they weren't always uh, appreciated for what they did. So Jonah was given a pretty tough gig to go and call the Ninevites, the Assyrians, enemies of Israel, back to God. And Jonah did not want to do that. And like most of us, all of us, who don't always do what God wants us to do, there are consequences and outcomes for that. And I struggle, like you do, uh, with godliness. And very often it's bobliness. Is it the will of God or the will of Bob that's dominating? 
And Jonah reminds me of the call to focus on him. Um, Jonah was a real person. Um, in the Bible, we often get allegory. We get uh, stories or narratives, uh, the, the parables of the three lost things, the woman lost the coin around her neck, equivalent, I guess, today to uh, an engagement or a wedding ring, uh, the lost son uh, who spent his dad's fortune, his inheritance on riotous living, uh, the, the lost sheep uh, who went astray and were born. So we often get allegories that um, teach us great truths about the Bible, about God, about God's nature, but they're based in fact, but they're not real events that had happened. But Jonah was a real person. And we know who his dad was, Amittai. We know where he was born, Tarshish. We know where he was running away to, Joppa. We know where he was called to, Nineveh. We know the king. We know a lot about Jonah. He was a real person. Jesus refers to Jonah himself in Matthew. Uh, he, he talks about the sign of Jonah. Uh, so we know that he's a real person, a, a godly man like us. We don't come to church if we don't want to find out share no more about God. And Jonah was a godly man who'd been given a godly task to do, but he didn't want to do it. Um, he got into trouble because he listened and he heard, but he decided he wasn't going to do it. Charles Spurgeon reminds us that um, God doesn't let us sin successfully. We get caught, we get found out, like any parent that loves his, parent, uh, loves his child or her child, uh, time comes when they do the wrong thing. We let them keep doing the wrong thing. It becomes a pattern and a habit and the time comes where you've got to grab them by the scruff of the neck, not literally, and say, you're doing the wrong thing. Um, time out. So the first thing we see Jonah do when he was running away from God, he... He cries out to God. Why does he cry out to God? Because he was down. In all but the last two verses in Jonah, he refers to being down in the pit, in the belly of the fish. He, he was a man that was going down. He, he went down to Joppa. He went down into the um, bottom of the boat to seek refuge. Uh, then he went down in the, in the sea as he was tossed overboard by the sailors and then he went down into the belly of the fish. Um, I found out yesterday that this is National Mental Health Week. Last week we had Are You OK Day where we were encouraged to say, how are you going? How, how are you really going? Uh, and the statistics are that in any average, I'm, I'm not sure what average is, but in any average group of people in Australia, at any one point in time, one in five, that's 20%, are suffering a significant mental health depressive issue. Now, I counted, we got 36 people here. Um, so that means eight of us are dealing with a significant issue. It's not possible for us to enjoy the Christian life and not suffer anguish, depression. And it's not a weakness. It's a condition of our humanity. 
Uh, and Jonah was very much in that situation. Now, um, he did the wrong thing. God was disciplining him. He, he disobeyed and God put him in a situation where he had no option. He, he effectively said to the sailors, look, I'm going to die. Throw me overboard and you'll be saved. So he, he knew that death was an option. He was running so far away from God, he even thought that death was an option for him. He wanted to opt out. But God was good and we see God's grace and mercy. Big fish swallows him. Now, um, uh, being a keen fisherman, Craig, um, we, uh, we, we got to know what the fishing laws and rules are. And if you're over 18, you've got to have a fishing licence. And a fish is pretty much anything that's on the coast or in the sea. Uh, so that includes squid, um, uh, fish with fins as well as shellfish, pippies, worms, crabs, just about. So if you're going on holidays and you're over 18, you pick a crab up and you've got it in your possession, a fishing officer can effectively fine you for being in possession of a fish without a fishing licence. But that was of no cause, consequence for Jonah. But my point is, we don't know what it was that, that swallowed Jonah, but it was something big. Um, seriously big and there are some big things living out in the ocean. I got a two and a half metre uh, mako shark last week and it was only two and a half metres and it, it was pretty big. Uh, whale sharks which each eat krill not, um, not things that move, uh, 17 metres. Uh, there are giant squid that live in the depths of the ocean that are that big or bigger. There's, there's stuff that, that we rarely see because it's so deep. Uh, and Jonah was swallowed by something. And when he was in the belly of the fish, whatever it is or was, uh, he was he was engulfed, surrounded, dark seaweed was wrapped around his head. He was in a hopeless, helpless, unwinnable situation. He only had one option, and that was to cry to God. And we see his cry to God. Um, in 1992, uh, our minister at the time, who's still part of our congregation, Noel, uh, had a funny that he asked. Some of the kids, is a, is a question for you, a riddle. Um, who was the first person to go by public transport? The answer is Jonah, because he went by Huawei. Um, but we know it... It, it may have been a whale, it may have been something else, but it was a big fish that, uh, that swallowed Jonah. So there's a picture of a little kid who's crying out to God. Uh, he's obviously in distress, he's obviously in anguish. Um, if you've been listening to 103.2 lately, you've probably heard this story about 20 times, I know I have, but it's a good little story about a little kid bolts out of Sunday school or creche or wherever he was and runs through the middle of the church, irrespective of who's there, didn't care about the congregation, didn't care about the minister, and just yells out, Daddy, Daddy. He, he wants his dad. And, of course, his dad responds to him. And that was the situation that Jonah was in. He just wanted his dad. He wanted to recognise uh, God. So he cries out to God from the deep, now, um, his prayer was a prayer of desperation. And God put him 
in the belly of the fish, in the depths, in, in, a, in a situation where he had no control whatsoever, so that he only had one option. He, he couldn't even die. He, he expected to die by drowning. He couldn't even do that. God had a special purpose for him in the same way that he's got a special purpose for you and for me. And the first step in Jonah's um, salvation, so to speak, in, in, in getting out of the situation he was in was to cry to God. And he's a man like you and me who's bad got worse until it got better. He tried to run away, that didn't work. Went down in the, in the bottom of the ship to, to hide in the ship, that didn't work. Um, he, he went down into the ocean, he didn't drown. Um, he, he couldn't do what he had hoped or he had wanted to do. He thought by running away he was going to get away from God, but God disciplined him and brought it back. Now, um, when I was saying before National uh, Mental Health Week, being down, being in the pit, one in five at any one time, that includes us. We, we have all been in that situation at some time and no doubt we will be again. Sometimes it's our fault and sometimes it's unknowable and we might never find out until we get to heaven and then it won't matter because we'll be with God. But please don't hear me say that um, if, if we're in the pit, we're in the deep, if we're in a dark place, it's because we're being disobedient. It may be, but it may not be also. But he cried out to God. Now, um, the next thing he does, next slide, is he remembers his God. Now, this is a bit of an interesting one. Um, what is it that he remembers? Now, um, our attitude in our circumstances, whether it's discipline or we're just in a dark place for unknowable reasons, um, our attitude and how we respond to that very much determines what the outcome's going to be. And what Jonah did was he remembered God. What do you remember about God? It says he remembers your holy temple. Now, why would a guy in the belly of a big fish in an unwinnable situation, be thinking about God's holy temple. Because for the Jews, the temple represented God. Central to the temple was the Holy of Holies, where only once a year the chief priest could go and commune with God. And central in the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant. And central in the Ark of the Covenant were the two tablets that Moses brought down from God's holy temple as the law, Ten Commandments, the law for the children of Israel. And he is remembering God's law. So what is God's law? God's law is the reflection of his nature and his character that he wants us to be like. Now, for us as Christians, the holy temple, of course, is Jesus. But for the Jews, the holy temple was the presence of God in their life. For us, it's the presence of Jesus in our life. And that's what Jonah was remembering. So he cries to God and then he remembers God's character, his nature, his mercy, also his justice, but his mercy uh, to him. And Jonah's cry and his remembering of God's nature was a function of his affliction 
wasn't his affection. It was his, he, God put him in a dark place so that he would turn, look to God and remember who God is and what God had done. So he is a man in the deep, in the belly of a big fish as deep as deep could go. Um, I've been scuba diving since 1978, haven't done a lot just recently, uh, but I went to Yap, tiny little island in Micronesia near Ponifei, uh, um, uh, Saipan, uh, Guam, and it's on the border of the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest point on Earth, and the deepest part of the Mariana Trench is called Challenger Deep, and it is... Um, 10,000 metres deep, 35,620 something feet deep. It's, it's seriously deep. The tallest mountain on earth is underwater. It comes up from the Mariana Trench, not Mount Everest, it's actually underwater, but Everest is the highest mountain above sea level. And um, I, I was diving uh, off a coral atoll, which was only about, I don't know, maybe five metres deep, beautiful corals and fish and perfect clarity. And I went to the very edge of the reef and it just dropped away. And all it was was black, deep, deep. And I was scared. I love the water, I love being out in the boat. The bigger the swell, the better it is, so long as the waves aren't dangerous. I, and that doesn't scare me. But I can remember feeling, gee, what is down there? What's behind me? What's next to me? What? And I, I was quite anxious. And I turned around. I swam back to the coral atoll, where there were nice, colourful fish and brain corals, and felt quite safe again because I could see. Around. But, but being in the deep, the thing that's scary about being in the pit, being depressed, is there doesn't seem to be any way out. You think that you're there, you're by yourself, there's, there's no one else who can help you. And it's one of the tricks of the devil, of Satan, to say to us, you're on your own, God doesn't care. Jonah was in that situation. He cried to God, God heard his cry. He remembered God's holiness. And then God touched his heart. So if we could have the next slide. The, the third thing that he does, he cried to God, he remembered God's character, nature, justice, mercy, and then he commits to God. He says, God, I know who you are. He had one of those, do, I got it, ka-ching, oh, one of those bright spark moments where the penny dropped and he realised that what he needed to do was turn around, repent, and recognise God for who he is. And he says, I will honour my vows to you. No, I've done the wrong thing. You're giving me another opportunity. But irrespective of the circumstances I'm in, irrespective, I'm going to honour my vows. I'm going to do what you called me to do. And here's the really interesting thing. I think it's interesting anyway. How does he get delivered? The big fish brings him up out of its belly and delivers him onto dry land. Now, what I think is interesting about that, I went fishing with a couple of guys during the week. One of them had never caught a fish before. And uh, 
he knows I'm a bit keen. His dad, Grant Chalk's the AI technician, um, inseminates our cows for us. And he said, oh, I, I don't like fishing, but, but um, uh, Cohen wants to go fishing, will you? tell us? sure, mate, no worries. First question was, been on a boat? Oh, you've been on a boat, do you get seasick? Oh, I think I'm okay. Anyway, we went out and he was sick. He was seriously sick. And my other mate, who owns a boat and comes out with me very regularly, he was sick too. I said, fellas, I know what it feels like. We'll, we'll go back in. I said, but as we're going back in, just grab a bucket and clean the side of the boat for me, will you? And uh, being sick, being vomited up, you know what it's like when you're... you're it's no fun. And the thing I think is interesting about this, in... Jonah's deliverance, part of the uh, commitment, part of his vow, resulted in something very unpleasant happening to him, to be delivered. And it may be that the situation that we're in may involve us having to um, make good what we made bad. Um, I can remember quite some time ago but it's very vivid in my memory. I did something I shouldn't have done. It was the wrong thing. And I knew I needed to make, make it right, but I didn't want to make it right. But I knew I needed to apologise for this fella, to this fella for what I had said and what I'd done. And I could find all sorts of excuses to, to not do that, but I knew I had to do it. So I went to see him. And I said, Art, I, I want to apologise for what I did. It was wrong. It was sinful. I did the wrong thing and it hurt you and I'm apologising to you for hurting you and I'm asking for you to forgive me, which he did. Now, that was a huge burden off my shoulders when I did that. But at the time, I can remember feeling really awkward uh, about doing it. I felt very... Uh, it wasn't an easy thing to do. It wasn't a nice thing to do. And it's never an apology to say to somebody, uh, I'm sorry for what happened, but... or I'm sorry for what I did, but I did it because. That's justification. An apology is, I did it, I shouldn't have done it, I want you to forgive me for doing it, and the vow, the commitment, like Jonah, third thing that he did, the vow, is, I'm not going to do it again. I'm, I'm wanting to put my relationship with you right, which is what Jonah did. And so after he remembered and after he'd cried, he said, that's what I'm going to do. Um, what I'd like us to get from the narrative of Jonah, I won't call it a story because that suggests that maybe it's not true and we know that it is, uh, is that in our dark place that we, we cry to God, we remember his mercy, his justice, his goodness, and then we recommit and decide that we are, irrespective of our circumstance, going to make the stand, we're going to do it. Heavenly Father, thanks for the message from Jonah. Um, we pray, Lord, that you will touch our hearts with the truth of it and that will bring change in our life. Amen.